I'm used to being over on like Amazon or Paramount on Friday nights for like the boys and Star Trek and all those things. I keep forgetting entirely about that show. So when I sit down thinking I've got nothing to watch and then two days go by and there's another episode and I'm all of a sudden seven behind. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta throw that into the mix good. as well. It's good. It's okay. good. Is it? It, it's like, oh, you thought the boys was graphic and fucked up? Here's it with a bunch of 20-year-olds in college. Okay. So it's like a proper Friday night show as far as like depravity level. It's like it, it belongs on a Friday. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not like Loki. Where, oh, does, yeah. where does Loki belong then? If, if the boys has Friday night covered, what you've seen so far of Loki, what day of the week is it? It's like a... When, when did Ellen play? Like 2 o'clock on a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon? Like that's... Already with the shade. Yeah. That's where Loki sits. <laughs> on your left, Marvel Talk here. Get into Geek episode 13. Uh, We're here to talk some Loki. And uh, what a way to kick us off. Uh, Mitch and Maddie, as we were in the last one, when we uh, wrapped up Secret Invasion and we could not get further away from that. And here we are, a couple episodes into the brand new season of Loki. And uh, lo and behold, we're joined by Emma once again. It is great to see you. Hello. Hello. It's been a while. We're sorry we scared you off last time. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> yeah, when was the last time you were here? Like, what, Moon Knight? And did we yeah. ever even actually finish that? I think it might have been Moon Knight. Yeah. It's been a couple of hot minutes between uh, that show. I mean, what a, like, up and down sort of journey these shows, the MCU entirely of, like... It's have... a full-blown roller coaster at this point. Yeah. There's been a lot of downs, <laughs> yeah. though. Let's, let's be honest yeah. right there. It's just a lot yeah. of downs. <laughs> I mean, we, we've, we've skipped a couple of the, of the downs along the way just entirely, <laughs> even, even in the chat, I would say, uh, just on our, like, little group chat. And to the point where I was really happy when we're getting up to Loki season two and you're like, no, this one I'm genuinely excited about. I'm so yeah. keen. I was like, yeah. look, I'm not going to show interest if I'm not interested. I'm going to be okay. pretty straight with you about that. <laughs> and there's been a lot that I have not been interested in. Fair. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's why I'm actually really stoked. Like you being here because um, especially after episode one, we're like, hey, we're going we're gonna to try and line up a, a chat so we could review episode one and talk about that um and obviously that didn't happen was it you emma you couldn't maybe we couldn't line up a time i know you had some other work commitments on and i said oh that's right maybe we'll catch up after episode two and maddie said no 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 we're gonna need emma there because otherwise it's just gonna be a lot of me saying quote unquote what else is boring and i'm like oh <laughs> damn so he's throwing barbs he's throwing shade yeah. off air he's sh- throwing shade on the mic yeah. i feel like this, it wouldn't be a marvel chat if maddie and i didn't clash heads about something <laughs> I feel like it wouldn't be a get into something podcast if I didn't clash heads with somebody. So, well, I mean, we've got three episodes to talk about, which is almost at like the point where I think it's going to get this, depending on your view of the show, uh, how I say this. This is going to be where it gets really interesting because, uh, as Maddie knows, um, I think I said to you as well, Emma, offline, that I got a given a preview link to the first four episodes. A bunch of critics around the world got given access and I got to watch exactly 20 minutes of the very first episode because I got given access on grand final weekend. Like, why would... How did those in- games go as well again, Mitchell? Yeah. Sorry, what's that? What? How was that what? weekend? How did those games go again? How did they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's- how, how did they pan out? Do we call that Black Friday now? Is that Brisbane's Black Friday? Just just Black Weekend. Um, Why gotta be black? I'd say don't mention the war, but I feel like it's been a couple of really cold weekends of not talking about it. And then all of a sudden I'm running into fresh people that are like, 
oh, so how did you go after the grand final? I'm like, why are you talking about it like someone died? Also, it felt like that at the time. Thank you so much and for also, bringing it up. And also, you didn't play, it's so you're fine. Like, Yeah, but you, you say that, though, but I wasn't. And I'm not one of these people, like, oh, my team lost, I'm sad. No, I, like, I was a broken human for about four days, and I tried really hard to get out of that rut, and I just... I just couldn't. Honestly, if we would have won the grand final, I wouldn't have seen a second. I would have been partying all night. I could not leave the function that I was hosting quick enough to get back and then still not go to sleep, even though I had a flight three hours later. So I'm like, I'll chuck on Loki. I watched the first 20 minutes. I thought, okay, this is great. I'll watch the rest when it debuts in like five days. Conversely, I'm the least interested person here. Mm. I was. I would have been quite happy to tap out and let you guys do this on your own. Which is like, no, <laughs> You're no, the no, only no, one no, that's no. actually watching it on time. I think... I think I watched episode one before the both of you. Yeah. And between last week's, like, episode three, which was last week, and episode four for us premieres, like, what, tomorrow when we're recording this, in the last week, I've gone back and rewatched all of season one. Oh, my God. Because I'm like, what am I missing? None of this makes any sense. <laughs> what What am I missing from when I watched Loki, like, what, two years ago mm. now? Didn't help. If anything, it made this season worse because I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense either now. Right. Oh, Uh, (laughs) I think the last episode of season one is the only one of these shows that I've maybe watched like more than once because I was a bit... In hindsight, now it's a bit of a weird thing to mention, but I had such a hard on for like Jonathan Majors joining the franchise and becoming this like will be a massive role and will be a massive part in the uh, in the in the entire MCU ongoing um, that I really wanted to um to get around it. But yeah, I I I felt like maybe I should have done that after watching episode one because there's just so much timey wimey like talk and, and you you like talking. Here's a ten minute scene where we eat some key lime pie. Hey, I liked that scene. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't Already know. with the eye rolls. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how you uh, you know well versed you are in the world of uh, of, of Twitter, uh, Emma. But uh, stay off it if you're not on there. But there was one guy, and he posted, and he got hammered for obviously people that were like, because hey, he said this is what is wrong with the entire MCU at this point, and it was that key lime pie scene, and it was like I'm like this. I thought that was a great moment between these there two is characters. There's so much yeah. more wrong with the Marvel MCU. Than that <laughs> exactly, <one. laughs> exactly. And and that's the thing is I'm not here to tell anyone that Loki is shit because I know that Loki and Tom Hiddleston is like one of the most popular characters and actors in the entire MCU and like there's there's a market for it and people really really enjoy it. I just I just don't care. Mm. I I'm just like whatever. But yeah, as far as like as shit as uh, Secret Invasion was. It's like some of the best scenes in that were just Ben Mendelsohn and Samuel L. Jackson just sitting talking in a room together. Mm. Like you know, so there's. It's just I I don't have any emotional investment in Loki as a character, let alone a variant Loki. It's a it's a deep cut, but there's like a, there's like a a moment from like the what season eight finale of Stargate SG-1 where Blonde Weir, the first character, she's just standing there like, and a guy's talking to her and you don't realise she's got a little earpiece in her, in her ear and she's just looking at him and she just goes, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's me watching this. I'm just like, I, I don't care. I'm not saying it's not, it's not bad. I just don't have any emotional investment in it. Mm. That's interesting because I'm, I feel like I've felt like that through everything up until now. Like Loki's the, the one that I will actually be like, oh, I, I am interested in this. I didn't give a crap about She-Hulk or Miss Marvel or any of like 
even Moon Knight, I was kind of like, eh, give like take it or leave it kind of thing. Yeah, Moon Knight was kind of just like, so, let's roll the dice and yeah. see what happens. There was, there's just been so much that I'm just like, I have no previous connection to this character. Why should I start caring about it for a whole TV series? Mm. With, with Loki, I guess, like for me, he's been kind of in the background of all of those key Marvel films, the ones that like will kind of stand the test of time and they've like kind of worked to build that character. And that's why I like kind of still have that connection, I guess, to him. Yeah. I, I think I kind of had a weird moment in like episode one of season one when you realize that it's not that Loki. That Loki's dead. Yeah. This this Loki was pulled out of the end of the first Avengers film and then watched all that amazing character progression on TV like we did. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what? why do I care about him? Why, why? He didn't... And then even in, in the freaking Key Lime Pie scene, when he's like, hey, remember that time I got really angry and at my brother and my dad and I went and like tried to take over Earth and, and threw Tony Stark off a building? From his point of view, that was like three weeks ago. Yeah. Why is he saying remember when? Yeah. Bro, you lived that like a week and a half ago. What the hell? Yeah, no, I, I, I the, the nerdy, real nerdy side. I mean, we're all nerds watching this stuff, but like the real nerdy mm. part of me was like, hang, hang, actually, um, this, because I'm like, well, two years ago was the last season of this show. So when they're writing, does it feel like that? Like, even though this, this show very much picks up like seconds after season one ended, but it's like, well, we're writing this two years after we wrote the last season. And then, well, I mean, that character, the, the, the moment where we're referencing, well, I mean, that was that was 11 years ago, that movie. So, like, they're probably in that headspace yeah. because, yeah, I felt like that as well. I was like, remember that time. But then I'm like, well, we don't know how long he's been up there. Like, I'm guessing yeah, a matter of weeks because that first season, like, flowed on pretty quickly. But, you know, time yeah. works differently. And I'm like, yeah, but how much does that really affect you? Because I still feel does like... Does it, though? Yeah. Does well, it, though? Because, like you said, it's been two years. And at the end of episode three, when Miss Minutes and Ravonna ended up at... The end of time mm. and found he who remains remains. Yes. He was decayed. Yeah. I, and yeah. That, I, again, A, that happened 20 minutes ago. Well. And B, he's at the end of time. Time doesn't work at the end of time. There's no time left at the end of time. So how does a body decay at the end of time? Well, I mean, we pull that apart too. I mean, the <laughs> fact that when they first arrived there to talk to him in, in the end of season one, like that conversation, you know, takes time to have. Like they were there. He moved from one yeah. room to another. He, he was eating he said, it. I don't know what's going to happen next yeah, at he, the end of time. Like he had reached the point where he doesn't know for, for whatever reason. Like there was, I, I get it. Because I when I saw that, I expected that to actually just be his body. Like she has sent him straight back to the very moment that she had disappeared. Because then I'm like, well, hang on. For Loki... You know, that th when he ran into Sylvie, and while I, I thought both actors did a really good job when they ran into each other at the McDonald's, um, that was really well played. But I'm like, well, for Loki, that was like, was that like two days ago? Maybe. Maybe. That, 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 that he last saw her. Whereas to Sylvie, we get the idea that she's been working at Macca's for, let's even just say, a couple of weeks or something. Well, enough time to buy a pickup and get a haircut. Like get a mullet, yeah, and get get friendly enough with the rest 80s. of the staff, yeah. So like she's been there a while. Yeah. So does in in her headspace, does she then when she sends 
uh, Ravona to the end of time, does she like some type of like subconscious decision send her there? Like the equal amount of time that she has existed in 1982 or whatever. Like if she's been there for two months, she sends Ramona to two months after the fact that they killed He Who Remains. Even but, though, but how can you send someone no, to two months no, I'm, after? I'm agreeing with you, but like, yeah, that in itself, it's like, oh, well, it's the end of time. It's like, but what does that even, what does that even mean? Like, you could say yeah. now we're getting an idea of what it means. Is that well, it's not quite what they. I don't I know. It it's was... it's confusing, but also I probably didn't think about it as much. So <laughs> sorry, I, Emma. <laughs> I thought it was um the concept was the end of like predetermined time. Obviously, time is an forever thing. Like entropy doesn't just stop existing. Mm. I thought it was or mate, he who remains had essentially plotted out time up until a point, and after that point, it was like he didn't know what was going to happen. Like, time obviously still continued, but it was the pre-recorded part yeah. ends. Well, and I'm hoping for some resolution to that. Yeah, you'd know from rewatching like season one. Who who gave it the name The End of Time? Is that how the TVA... He Who Remains. Yeah, that's what he I mean. Gave, so, like, maybe that... He, he gave himself the title He yeah. Who Remains as well. But that's what I mean. That, that might work towards what Emma's yeah. saying, is that it's named The End of Time because... That's what it is for him, in a sense. Like it's the end of, in brackets, predetermined. Um, but, but my thing is, why did he choose that moment? If he's if he's been able to plot out literal like billions of years across multiple timelines and trim and cut to have the the sacred timeline, why did he choose that moment to give up control? And then it was weird, like to to get to the end of time the first time. They had to prune themselves and send themselves to like the graveyard place and then get through that Eliath creature that he who remains like said he had to like tame and work to get to quote unquote the end of time. But now Sylvie can just tempad Ravonna there. Well, she is she carrying around his tempad? Is that his tempad? So, like, I mean. It's it's a tempad as much as any other tempad, but because it was his, like, is she able to? Well, and and here's the other thing: is in episode one of this season, Loki got like, well, at the end of last season, Sylvie used his tempad mm. to push Loki back to the TVA, mm. and in the start of this season, he was all like getting pulled through time, you know, doing that weird being born and and killed thing, whatever, like all that weird stuff. And they said, oh, it's because maybe because you used his tempad. But Sylvie has that now. And Sylvie traveled to McDonald's with no problems. Mm. And they haven't addressed yet why... She's okay. Why Loki had an issue and why Sylvie was fine. Mm. Like, there's just so many, like, inconsistencies. Like, at the end of, what was it, episode two, when, like, Vox or whatever her name was and all those other people were sending all those bombs to the all the new um, branches... Mm. Back in season one, they said they can't prune a timeline once it redlines. Once it goes past that point, they can't destroy it. These were all well past that red mm. line, but they destroyed them anyway. So it's like, I don't, I don't know the rules yeah. of what, what is going on. I can't keep track of what's what. Yeah. So I can't get invested in anything that's going so on. So maybe, uh, I guess, yeah, I get, again, I get that. I understand that because I'm like, mm. I probably hadn't like rewatched it so i wasn't 
as familiar with the rules and like if i was i'd be like well, that, is it a that's why of, i went back because yeah. i'm like am i that stupid that i've forgotten some really simple thing that they explained to me back in episode mm. one that i've forgotten but I I'm, back, I'm like i think well, oh, just no, through what else help. has been happening for season two i guess for me if i would have seen that i'm 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 now i'm even just assuming is it a case of well they were told that it's like don't don't let it get there because then you can't stop it whereas it's like well now that they've gotten there they realize that they can do it, so they're probably not. You know, it's like, but it, but at no point did they realize it. They just did it. It was just like though when they're in the war room, mm. the 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 crazy chick from Game of Thrones, uh, the breastfeeder oh, was shit. just like, yeah, that's 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 the breastfeeder from Game of Thrones. <laughs> what she, a legacy! She, yeah, I mean, right? <laughs> if you're gonna be known for anything, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's just like she just set it up and just set off. Heaps of bombs, mm. which is what Sylvie did in season one. Yeah, remember she set off a bunch of a, a bunch of bombs as well. Yeah, and I so, guess we're to assume that like by this point, it's like well, the only thing we can go on is that like you said, oh, we didn't see them. Like they didn't know that they're just doing it now. So it's like, oh, have they come to that realization off screen. And it's like, well, no, nah, but you're right. Like we probably need yeah. to, if you've spent season one laying down these ground rules. And now you're going against that. We probably need to see the moment where a character doesn't even have to be Loki or or Mobius. We just need to see a character. Yeah, I'm. Explain that I'm to dumb. Us. Explain it to me like I'm five. Oh, no. I'm the guy who watches Buffy instead of Vampire Diaries or or, or uh, what is it, True Blood or whatever. Yeah. I watch I watch the really simple stuff because <laughs> because then when they do something really like just slightly above basic, I feel really smart. Mm. I'm like, oh. That had subtext. Whoa. <laughs> it's also just such a weird place to be in with this show now because the first season was, well, this is all they knew. And, you know, it's, it's kind of getting to a sad point now where you get someone like uh, Mobius and they know now that they're variants. And he gets asked by um, Brad Wolf, the bloke that went AWOL and become an actor. And he's like, what if... Yeah. What if you had a life? He's like, well, oh no, well, Loki was saying that in the Key Lime scene as well. He's like, what if you had a life? Wouldn't you actually want to know? And he's like, no, 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 I'm good. Because I don't remember what it was. So this is my life. And so that's where they're yeah. all at. So they just know that you have a job. They don't know how long they've been working there. A day is the same as a year, is the same as a thousand years, apparently. Time doesn't necessarily work for the same as them, probably because they're getting, you know, um, MIB memory wiped every now and again. Wh- whatever the case may be, they've just got a job. Don't let branches occur. And if they do, don't let them get to the red line or whatever it was through season one. We have to, otherwise the fucking universe is going to be destroyed. It can only be one timeline. And then they get to the end and he who remains says, oh, I'm actually just, I'm just tired. I've been doing this for ages. I, I You know what? You guys should run this shit. It's up to you now. You can kill me and let chaos happen or you could take my place which you don't really want to do either so have fun and then through that that's when and and as it's been leading up to that they realize hang on all these branch universes are creating entirely new timelines new realities so like trillions upon trillions of lives are being created because of an alternate take on you know someone stepping on a rock somewhere or whatnot and so now our main characters are out doing exactly the opposite of what they were supposed to be doing in season one and like that's their like they yeah it's weird like our two key groups like the tva aren't necessarily bad guys they're just doing what they've always done but now we're like well no that's a bad thing and so to do the right thing our our key and uh protagonists in loki and mobius are trying to do what the quote-unquote villain of season one was doing they're now trying to ensure 
um well in, in a way like they, they they don't want any more branch universes because then they're only going to be wiped out by the tva like it's just depending on what scene you are you kind of sympathize with the decisions people are making because they're only doing it because they with the information they have they're doing the right thing in a, yeah. in a sense and it's such a an interesting place to be which is what bugs me the most about hunter what's the main hunter chick b15 or whatever yeah. she is yeah season one she was just like you're a variant. You're disgusting scum. Mm. You, you're getting pruned. I don't care. You're nothing. Until she found out she was a variant too. And then she's like, they just killed millions of people. I'm like, bitch, you were doing that on a daily basis before she we got bad. here. She feels bad just because, for that. But now suddenly because she was one of them, she's got compassion. Get fucked. Oh, she's got the truth. She's found out the truth that that's what it is. <laughs> like, you know... We all thought... Like, that's the thing. You go back to that first scene in season one. But it's one. selfish because, she does, oh, now I'm one. Well, yeah, I can, but... I she, can feel bad for their you, plight. You can't help that that's where she found out that she was one. It's like, you were one, and by the way, so is every other person you've ever pruned. Like, she can't help that she found out both of those things at the same time. Like, it'd be different yeah. if she found out that she is, and then she's like, oh, well, fuck all them other people. It's like, no, no, yeah. no. She can, you, like, you only get one with the other sort of thing so yeah the problem is is we've not seen one variant like two variants of the same person except for loki Mm. in this entire fucking show Mm. even like brad when he went now they made a specific point like sylvie went to a branch timeline to work at mcdonald's i don't know why considering by the end of episode three she's like oh i've been dreaming about killing you ravonna and i'm like well then why the fuck are you serving big Macs? i don't what we do in love i figured that was like the pre-season one Sylvie, like she's just been wanting to kill the people at the TVA sort of thing. So, But they're still hunting her. Like just, she killed He Who Remains. Mm. The TVA is still fully functional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I graded there in crisis. Mm. But then she just went to flip burgers. Yeah. The TVA is still going to hunt her down. They, they proved it. They yeah. hunted her down. Yeah. It was just because Brad was a wimpy when, oh, I'm going to, I'm not going to report it. Mm. But yeah, so she went to a branch timeline. Great. They made a specific point of saying Brad went to the sacred timeline mm. to become a famous actor. He's a variant. Mm. So the non-variant version of Brad has to already be on the sacred timeline. Where's he? Well, we don't know where he got plucked from. Yeah. Like he could have got plucked from 2199 or something, you know, like... Okay, yeah. fair. Or fair. from like, yeah, the, the 1400s. So, but I get what you mean because that's the natural assumption. No, no, is that's that, good. Like Loki's been plucked out of 2012 and like... You know, like Mobius, yeah. I mean, who, like, and Owen Wilson, where's the ideal place? We get to the end of season four of this show or something, you know, and it's like, oh, this is the end. Mobius is going to go back and live his, his life. He's going to go ride that jet ski. It's like, where's the ideal time? Because I just, again, I, I'm the same. I assume that they're all variants of like around about now sort of thing. But we see that they've, they've been, yeah, fixing branches and stuff from like, yeah, the 1800s mm. and in the future and well into the past and stuff. It's just so... Uh, I literally didn't think about that until just now, but um, maybe I'm maybe I'm trying to defend things that I had thought about. No, no, no that's good. That's what I need because there's so many there's so many holes for me, and I'm like, I need I need for lack of a better term, I need you to plug them up, Mitchell. I need you to. <laughs> and and with that, we have our soundbite of the week. Yeah, no, that that helps. That helps. <laughs> Owen Wilson definitely belongs in like 1980s, like yes, yeah. You know? He's yeah. He's he's gonna he's gonna end up. 
in like police academy era. Like, remember that police academy movie where they were on jet skis at the end of the movie? That's where he's going to be. I think, I mean, I know they they touched on a bit uh, towards the end of uh, of episode two, which for me took, you know, weeks to watch. So I've probably been marinating on the the season, uh, the episode one uh, ness of the whole thing. But um, I know it's only, you know, it's a limited series, essentially. Like, it's, uh, you know, it's barely Mm. a full season, six episodes. But, you know, the idea of, it's not like it's a week-to-week show and new writers are coming in sort of thing. It's quite clearly a planned story. So we get to the end of episode one and, like, Sylvie's there. It's like, we haven't even seen Sylvie in this entire episode yet. And all of a sudden we're getting a, what, a future version of her. Or, you know, we get a version of her and we're like, oh, wow, she's there. And then five minutes later we see her land in the 80s in a branch timeline and she's going to go work at Macca's. And it's like, oh, shit, no, we've seen, like, a different version of her. And it's sort of, it's it's giving you the end game now it's showing you the pieces so that we're not going to get to episode six and then show that sylvie was there when loki was near the elevator and it's like oh but yeah we just didn't show you this in episode one so i like that like they're very intentionally giving you questions to ask that they have no intention of answering for a couple of episodes time but maybe i'm falling more comfortable into that place where i'm like oh they'll do that for a lot of things whereas the things you're asking i'm like oh now i'm beginning to think yeah they might just not address that you know maybe it's Maybe it's just that kind of storytelling that I bump into. Because, yeah, I had an issue that was like, when Loki finally finds Sylvie, he's like, oh, I was in the future at the TVA, and I saw you, and, and he was like, it's the end of the world, it's the end of blah, blah, blah. He was in a corridor, a phone was ringing, and she opened up a elevator from the inside and said, oh, there you are. Mm. What was the context for him to know that it was the, the end of everything and something crazy was going on? Like, well, I think for that is like because they very like you know it was it was for us if, no, if nothing else. But when uh, Mobius wrote, you know, he's so worried about losing his skin from um, being in the in the time <laughs> sphere um, uh, behind the doors, and he wrote "skin in the dust" on the computer, and yeah. then uh, so quite clearly that was never written in the past and then Loki disappears into like you know phasing in and out of time and he lands somewhere else and skin is written on that computer so he's like well I'm clearly in the future from where I was and then he sees Sylvie like yeah like for us I'm like because they're like this room is going to explode in five minutes and then he ends up in the room that's doing the exact same thing that it was the, the loom is doing the exact same thing it was in the the present scene but all of a sudden it's but it's louder and it's faster so you're like oh it's very close to the end of that five minutes whereas everyone disappeared to like quite clearly now we're led to believe oh no that was like days weeks months maybe into um into the future because our loki that we are following that experienced that and is now in in some kind of linear time structure, even though he's going back to the 1800s and whatnot, and he's talking to Sylvie in the 1980s. She hasn't experienced it. He hasn't caught up to that moment where his Sylvie in his present is... I don't know. Yeah, because they had that whole exposition scene in mm. front of the loom. They've they've had more than, like, you know, five minutes in front of that loom as it's all sort of been happening while all that stuff's been going on with OB for the last sort of mm. two episodes. Yeah, I, I didn't have as much... I didn't... Well, I didn't have an issue with, with not knowing... Well, I don't. we don't know where that was placed, but of of not knowing or anything like that. But um, the, I guess this showed the whole TVA nature of like, oh, we exist out of time. You know, like they, they are able to access any point in time at any time. And well, they're just kind of always existing. You know, whatever he who remains or Kang or whoever has created them... 
you know, and giving them a little little bit of happy juice that keeps them immortal or, or, or whatever the go is. You know, the fact that they don't, you know, he's been clearly existed for a thousand years at the very least, as far as um, Ouroboros says, um, but he has no memory of that or how long it's been or anything that it kind of, it's the get out of jail free card of, well, how does your time work in conjunction with the places that you're going to disappear to as, a, as opposed to, regular time travel movies where they clearly go from one point in the timeline to another point in the timeline whereas these guys are disappearing into you know the stratosphere outside of the timeline sort of thing so it's um i don't know i guess because i watch a lot of time travel sci-fi stuff and there's so many different takes on it i'm just like i need to i need to know the rules so i can be mm. i can be in on it because the other thing that bugs me too is it's just like we're only looking at earth's timeline yeah and every single person is a human, mm. right? We only see humans are as guardians. That's it. Even when we went to Lamentus in season mm. one, the one alien planet we've been to, Wasn't they all just looked on. human. Remind me of some, yeah. for someone who has rewatched season one, was there a moment? I feel like early in season one when he was walking around getting used to things, there were weird noises coming from like chambers, from rooms, like jail cells essentially. And I got the feeling, oh, well, they're they're alien-ish or something. Like, it makes sense, I guess, all the agents are, are human because he who remains is human, or at least as far as we are led to believe this point. But you got to think if if it is a sacred timeline... All time I know line, is, like, they, they looked out on the whole, the whole complex of whatever that place is, and it could be, like, the building that they're in could be the one that deals with, you know, the Earth solar system, and yeah. that's why everyone's human. Because, yeah, there's, there doesn't make sense for... That aliens can't be creating branch timelines. Y- Yondu's species to like go undercover in 1800s Earth. Mm. That obviously doesn't make any sense. Mm. But um, yeah, so maybe there's just different things. But I don't know. Tell me. Like, I need the show to tell me these things. Yeah. Tell, me what's, tell me what's going Is on. Is anyone else waiting for like the fact that we sort of went into the background for the first time when he jumped in a little ship, you know, Attack of the Clones style and. Crea- uh, cracked the um the side of he remains the statue and whatnot but like we're out of our own little building seemingly for the first time because otherwise all we've seen in this show so far is a bunch of corridors and 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 meeting mm. rooms but we went into that um you know volume background for the first time and oh this is actually a real place and so the idea that each of those other towers and and whatnot could be housing i mean it could be ha- it could this could be like the matrix essentially like we could go over there and find another Mobius and another B15 and another Vox and, a, yeah. and another Ravona or something like we we could find them all doing exactly the same thing for the same overlord that very much is aware of everything that everyone's doing um so I'm almost waiting for like I mean we've already had them sort of blow their minds the idea of oh they're all variants and that every time they you know destroy a, a branch timeline they're killing as far as well, it'll be trillions of people, like people across the entire, An entire universe, universe, right? If you, yeah. Um, so that that also, oh no, there's that shit going on in the other building because it they very much seem to only know what they need to know, and they're just completely okay with that. We exist in this room. We wear the same suit every day. We sit at the same console, and we go and get the same slice of pie in the same room as we always do. But oh, by the way, over there, there's a copy of you over there. I'm sort of waiting for like another big like groundbreaking reveal for those particular characters to come um, before before the end of things. Yeah, well, I feel like that was maybe what they were hinting at at the end of episode three when, when they're standing in front of He Who Remains Remains. That'll never not be funny to me. And uh, Miss Minute says to Ravonna, oh, I've got a secret about you I can tell you, but it's going to make you really angry. Mm. And then it's like cut to black. What do we think? Anything? Well, I mean, 
in the comics, Ravonna is Kang's wife. Mm. So I don't know whether that's what they're going to lean into. That, you know, um, he wiped her memory. And that that's why she was like the head of the TVA while he was off doing his thing. Because it was his missus, but he wiped memories. I don't know. Or, yeah, they could do a big a big mind mind-bending reveal mm. that yet yeah, some, there's something else crazy sort of going on i don't know yeah i feel like like with moon knight they uh, i know they sent out the first four episodes of that six episode run to critics and the end of episode four was when he woke up and he was in you know uh, a mental asylum and all of a sudden oh, yeah the hippo like, yeah all of a sudden it's like oh by the way this has all been going on in his head which didn't mm. end up being the truth but because of the way that story had been running up until that point and what type of character he was and the issues that he had it was entirely possible that the first three and a half episodes worth the first four episodes worth of this show were taking place inside his head and it was at least somewhat you know falsified so um i'm wondering why marvel and disney decided to send out the first four and i've i've heard mm. enough reviews mini reviews spoiler free sort of stuff from people saying you know, yeah, four's their favourite one, or like, oh, yeah, things change in four. And like, you know, the filmmakers and actors and writers are going to say the same sort of shit. Oh, four, wow, it's really going to change things. What else are you supposed to say about your own project? But um, yeah, mm. I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm waiting to see what kind of, yeah, ball that's going to drop on, on the fandom. You know, maybe is it like, is it going to be, or is it just all hyped up bullshit at this point? I, d- I don't, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I mean, either way, like, so that I'm not shitting on the entire thing, I do want to say that like, <laughs> Visually, it's pretty amazing. Like what they can do. Like I'm, I'm not a fan of that. Like the look of the TVA, that kind of you know what the 1950s thought the future was going to look like yeah. with like circle TVs and all that kind of stuff. But it is kind of cool. Like, like the recent, most recent episode where they went to like the the World's Fair in 18 whatever it was, that all looked gorgeous. Mm. Like it looked so beautiful. Like it was really immersive. It. It look, and then you're cutting back to the TVA, so it's like to, you know, I'd love more of that. That's what I thought this show was going to be when I first sort of you know went in. Was like back in season one, I thought it was going to be like jumping around to all these different time periods and just them just like like Disney just showing off how much money they have to be like, look at this amazing immersive set that we've just done to make you feel like you're actually in you know the 1950s or the 1800s or. 2070 or whatever oh mate to show us all this so like without a budget i mean you could just go over if you want people jumping around a different time zones you could just jump over to dc and watch a little bit of legends of tomorrow (laughs) i said i said budget mitchell sorry sorry yeah 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 there's i mean that's just one thing that show was if those if those curtains behind you right now were like lime green that's basically the cw budget for that show okay good yeah yeah What about you, Emma? Obviously, the the Loki ness and Tom Hiddleston of it all, uh, like you said, it gets you. Um, I mean, just not even like you know aesthetically pleasing as uh, as he clearly <laughs> is. Um, but like him and his performance and all that, like it. I'm the same. Like as a, as a viewing experience, just like if you had the sound down, it does look beautiful and what they what they can do. But even just generally how it's shot and the color palette and all that sort of stuff and the way that it moves i feel i'm like this it does it's so different to the other marvel shows that are out there and that's like before they even start throwing punches and magic shit like i you know i'm 
more than anything, more than most other combinations in the entire MCU, I, I, I'm so in love with, and I know it's not, not a unique thing, but like, especially this season, the Owen Wilson, Tom Hiddleston, just chewing it up opposite <laughs> each other, buddy cop style. But yep. generally just this show just feels like the tone of it is just so different to the others that I, I think even that first five or 10 minutes watching episode one, I'm like, Oh, I'm so happy to be back in this world again because yeah. you know, again, we just got rid of secret invasion. I think I needed something like this to cleanse the palate a little bit. Honestly, I, I think the main reason why I like this show so much compared to anything that's come out is because it is so different to everything that has come out. Like I'm so tired of actors on a blue screen. And, like, very clearly just standing on a blue screen. I feel like, yeah, this show has a lot of special effects. But at the same time, it's it's just sets. And it's old school, you know, uniforms. And it's just so exact opposite of all the shitty high-tech stuff that Marvel's been trying to push for so long. It's it's cool to go back to analog, I guess. Mm. Texture, it's got texture. Yeah, yeah. Like the sh- yeah, absolutely. I really vibe with. Yeah, that. I had a problem with um season season two of um Strange New Worlds, the new Star Trek show. It's like, in particular, like every episode was just like four actors standing near a set piece in the middle of a big expansive room, or or outside stuck in the middle of a glacial thing, and you're just like, they're in the exact same spot every single time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. just with one of those like volume style wall things going on, and you're just like. Oh, oh, it's just very hollow and and meh. Whereas, yeah, this show just has it has texture. Yeah, I think honestly, it's just it's so nice to see something different come out of Marvel. Mm. I think. Mm. Yeah, as frustrated as I was in the start of episode three with Loki doing that whole chase scene, like the running scene, I'm like, he's fucking magic. Why is he running James Bond style down these back alleyways? Yeah. It made no sense, but. Fuck! Did it look good? It looked awesome. <laughs> like it just—they were—they were real alleyways yeah. that they yeah. were running down, and he was run, He wasn't running on a treadmill in front of a blue screen. He was running down an, like an actual alleyway, and yeah. I'm like, this looks so fucking cool. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking the same thing, uh, or both those things at the same time. When like he's running, and I'm like, oh, he's like, it wasn't even graceful running. When he sort of you know had to cut a right angle, he'd sort of run into the wall that he was trying to run. Across. You know, I'm like, okay, so he's, it's. I know he's tempered in the the TVA, like he's he's not able to use his powers, right? The TVA is that what, sort of what happens? Whereas I think so. I, no, I thought it was only the collar. Oh, when he had a they collar, had the, they had that collar to stop him from using I, his yeah. powers. But I thought when the collar's not, because remember when um, oh no, I guess they were outside of the TVA when like he and Sylvie held hands to blow up like vox and all those uh, yeah people yeah and stuff. yeah no i just keep that i'm um, like what's the status quo with with that because I, I i feel like oh that's the norm that's how they sort of getting around to the budget stuff is oh loki just can't use his powers and so when he was mm. running and i'm like ah oh, it's, it's a shame that they don't and they can't do more of that sort of stuff and then literally seconds later he's creating doubles of himself and everybody that, that that Wolf had run into in the street that were giving him shit about being a you know an uppity actor and a pretty boy and stuff they were all illusions that Loki had put there and then the um the shadow with the horned helmet that he cre- like just that sort of shit yeah. I'm like, oh this is this is cool you know like I want to see more of this sort of stuff and that was all like pre-credits essentially and then you know come to episode three and it was just a lot of like 
you know, green power zap coming out of my hands. And there was like a bunch of that just being used over and over again. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, let's let's spice things up a little bit. You know, they're looking at those wooden statues at the World Fair. And he's like, I just, I can't believe, Loki, that you're, you're one of them. You're one of those Norse gods. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like we do forget about that a little bit in the show because mm. we're limited a little bit. Like, it's Disney Plus. Like, there's still a bit of budget. Maybe they shouldn't have given $240 million to Secret Invasion and they'll throw a little <laughs> bit more in the special effects way um, for these guys. But um, it looks like they're starting to, or maybe they're saving it all for the next couple of episodes because the closer we get towards the end of the season, we're halfway through so far, is that we're getting a little bit more of a of a taste of of that sort of stuff and you know they're actually showing the the time doors rather than just like oh here's a sound effect oh we can hear people going through and it's closed like we're actually seeing it open we're actually seeing people walk through it they're not cheating their way around everything that they could be so yeah and i, and I think we've seen more of miss minutes in the last sort of oh my episode and a half God, yeah. than we have yeah. in all of season one yeah and actually like giving you something tangible to think about with her because she was like oh she's just a character in the tv oh she's like a sentient sort of voice whereas no now she's like a full-on like three not a projection but for lack of a better word a full 3d projection walking around that people are able to interact with and and see and like owen wilson still referred to her as a cartoon clock so she very much looks like an animated you know thing being character whatnot in in real in person but you know, she was at that last scene of episode three. She's behind Ravona as they're walking toward He Who Remains Remains, and then by the end of them walking toward his decaying body, Miss Minutes looked back towards Ravona, so she'd actually like in the three D landscape walk yeah. closer to the camera. And I was like, oh shit, I I could see you walking and getting slightly bigger. But there's that sort of like I don't know, and the actors then looking, you know, at the the, the tennis ball on a stick sort of thing. So yeah, the yeah. fact that but then I have the fact that she actually has limitations like there's that whole thing where she's like oh why didn't you give me a body Mm. i wish i'd had a body because then like at the start of the episode it's like she had to use ravonna to deliver the book yeah like miss minutes could deliver the book on her own she needed someone like a human to actually go and do that so yeah i do like that kind of interesting sort of take it's something a little bit different the Jonathan Majors stuff it's a it's an interesting time to be like for him to make his entrance into the show because I think next week the trial was supposed to be on, but now it's pushed back a little bit with what's going on in uh, 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 his personal life. And um, I think his people are trying to get the whole case dismissed. The judge has since come out like overnight, our time as we're recording this, saying, yeah, he's not dismissing this case and he's not going to overlook a certain bunch of evidence that his defense people are like, if yeah, just don't look at that because it'll make our case a little bit. What I, I don't know the specifics, not going to get into, into all that, mm. but like, Right after the Ant-Man, like obviously had Loki season one setting it up. He Then he's in Ant-Man uh, Quantumania setting him up in a different way. And it's like, holy shit, he's going to be in Loki season you, two. You presume. Have you actually seen Still that Still haven't seen yeah. it. Don't waste your time. Uh, well, sure. No, <laughs> you know what? I think it's going to be at this stage, it's going to be like a Rocky five. It's going to be like an Ocean's 12 for me where... I hear nothing but like how bad this movie is, and then by the time I watch it, I'm like, oh, it's actually not that bad. But no, I haven't um, haven't seen the film, which is interesting in itself in the way that these movies work. Is that Loki season one, 2021, Quantum Mania, February 2023, Loki season two, September October um, 2023. So I should have chronologically released or release date speaking, should have seen Quantum Mania already. 
But then you watch season two of Loki, it picks up minutes after uh, season one ended. Now, this show started in like, you know, they pluck him out of 2012. Where does the TVA exist? Well, we don't really know. Um, you know, then he who remains when he gets that moment where people online have edited in the sequence of, like you were saying, there was something going on in uh, No Way Home where shit's like going crazy and things are aligning and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's all taking place in like the mid 2020s. So um, where does Loki actually take place? And you could go, well, obviously Ant-Man kind of like has already happened in this timeline of Loki season two or it's still to come. I didn't feel that like I, I want to watch that movie, but it's just like, you know, I want to watch it in my big screen when I've got two and two hours to sit down and watch it and blah, you know, trying to find the right space and time to give this movie absolutely every chance of just becoming something for me. Uh, even though like you guys just said, don't waste your time, but I will watch it. Um, but I don't feel the need to have rushed to watch it just to make sure like, on my phone before season two of Loki started just to say that I had yeah, because no, of the, has, the Jonathan Major stuff. It has absolutely no bearing yeah. on But then on, I'm like, well, Loki how much is he actually going to be in this show? Because when all this legal stuff happened and he's on charges, that was in March or April this mm. year. It's over six months uh, until they're going to premiere how much are they going to creatively edit around his performance and try and get him out of the show? But then, like, episode one starts. Before we see a second of footage, you get the Marvel logo and, like, all those faces and bits of footage are within the Marvel, the lettering. In the A of Marvel is a picture of Jonathan Majors. I think it was he who remains. Wow. I don't know that it was him as as came. It's like, oh, shit, well, they're not hiding the fact that he's going to be in this. And then the first thing you see footage is the statue of he who remains. And it's like, oh, shit. He's very much a part of this, and they pull down that wall, or they um uh, they use the t- the stick on the wall. There's three statues of him, and it's like they they can't get around this. There's a voice track of him. They might not show footage of him, but this whole show is like, uh, I mean, the story is uh, plagued by the character of He Who Remains, and the actual television show in the MCU is currently plagued by the the dark nature of what the fuck is going to happen to this guy that they've said hey you're the future of this franchise for the next six years we're investing so much into you and then we get to episode three now he is credited uh, at the end as special guest appearance i think it was Uh, and i'm like that's interesting for the guy who is kind of your villain right but also you know he's going to be in the rest of the the season and I think Marvel at this stage are just going to play it by you like, you know, the fact that they've got three episodes left. Not much they can do. They can let him see out his, his run of this episode. Then they've got nothing else that he was going to be appearing in until maybe the end of next year on their release calendar. If he gets charged with something at the end of November, they can just <laughs> find someone else to fill in the role and, um, and get back to business. Or he will be cleared of charges and they go, yeah, we'll see. We always had your back. We never kicked you out. We never fired you. So... It's yeah. such a touchy spot for this show to be in. Um, even though every episode starts, I'm like, how much are we going to see of this character? Even when we get Victor Timely and we see him at the start and I'm like, I'm shitting myself because I'm like, they're... I thought episode one really set up how scary of a character Kang overall, or even he who remains was. I thought Tom Hiddleston played that really well. That's who built this place. That's who stole your lines. That's who's coming back. Just the lingering fear of this guy. And it's like, yeah, but eventually you're going to have to show him on screen. And this is a guy who's up on domestic abuse charges. Like, 
the poor MCU, like Emma said, it's it's got enough going against it and enough things <laughs> that they're doing wrong. And then they've got some other bloke who goes out there and hits somebody else. And it's like, ah, oh, you motherfucker. Like, I, the more important things than a guy performing in a television show, I know. But while we're talking about a universe and, and fictional stuff, it's like, God damn you for fucking this up, you know, potentially, <laughs> you know, with such a, a key character in the franchise. I mean, the beauty of it being, if, if you're going to, like, replace a character with a different actor, mm. Kang's kind of the best one it to is. do it. It's like in, in season one of Loki, we saw how many different Loki variants played by how many different actors yeah. and no one batted an eye. So it's like, you can just be like, well, Kang's look like this from now on. Yeah. <laughs> so suddenly they will look like Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, we're now going to retroactively change that Killmonger was actually a Kang variant, which yeah, I think that yeah. was that movement was sort of started like the, the Jonathan Majors stuff happened in like March or April, and then in May we get Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume Three, and then oh my god, I'm, I'm forgetting his name now, but the guy that played the villain in in that film, who was excellent. He was. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I forget the, the, the actor's um, name, but. The High, high Evolutionary. The High Evolutionary, yeah, the as the character. Um, he was excellent. And people were like, hey, there's a few fans online saying, you know, if Jonathan Majors doesn't work out, maybe we could kind of rewrite the idea, you know, of, uh, that uh, the High Evolutionary is actually a Kang variant. And then we could have that actor play Kang ongoing mm. because he was a great villain. And I think James Gunn was like, yeah, no, no, that's not what he is. He's not that to me. Marvel, I guess, can do that in years to come if they want, but that won't be... I, Ugh, I don't think that'll be happening. So, Yeah. It's also then the double-edged sword because then it it's the second black actor that they've recast and it's... Uh, what do they call it? Um, Aunt Viving. It's like a whole thing. Mm. Um, uh, a thing of, of characters being Aunt Vived, which happens a lot to um, African-American actors. Mm. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's like the MCU's replaced two black actors uh, over the course of the last, like, 12 years. I'm like... <laughs> And then Dan, if they do Dan the Dough, someone's gonna someone's gonna have a complaint about it. Any any move they make, yeah, yeah, yeah. And here we were so, a couple of years ago when Chadwick Boseman passed, and it was like, hey, do they recast him? Oh, that's a bit touchy. Do they just push on without him? It's like you can't do that. So that's a bit touchy. It's like, well, at least this is the worst thing that'll ever happen with a casting decision in this franchise. And it's like, yeah, hold my beer. So I'll you- just punch my girlfriend, uh, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. God damn it! Like every every other day, Robert Daddy Jr. is getting a phone call. Is there any way we can bring you back? Is what, <laughs> Please. What do we? Please. Can we? I'm thinking about. This was so much simpler in 2015. Yeah, I'm thinking about buying another suburb. Uh, if uh, you'd have, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we keep looking towards Secret Wars, and it's like if they're not if they're not knocking or ringing up Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. going, oi, oi, come on, come on, yeah, you know. Um, then yeah, I'm not here if that's not happening. And meanwhile, it's like yeah, but you got a bad guy issue that you need to sort out. But like you said, Maddie, yeah, like it's actually the perfect character. Even though that's one thing I have seen from Quantum Mania is they very much do feature a bunch of other Jonathan Majors versions of Kane. That's like oh yeah, but that's just the ones we saw. There was actually a bunch of others that don't look anything like him. That look. Uh, I mean, you like could fix character. that. You could fix that with one CG shot of one of those TVA pruning bombs just going off. <laughs> Yeah, I thought you were going to say that they were going to like jeans guy it from Mandalorian, and they just like you know recast him with <laughs> I don't know, you know, a next black actor up, you know, John David Washington, and it's like oh by the way it's him, and they just go through and like change it on Disney Plus. It's like you know, well I've got it on Blu-ray. Well, do you know what the, the, the best move would be? 
would be to bring back um, who was the original roadie? What's his name? Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard, bring him back. He's he's the new Kane. <laughs> that would be Shit. so. Good. Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine that. And then like that'd be fantastic. Then the theory start that Iron Man one was actually part of a branch timeline that we just ne- yeah. kind of like now where we look at you know No Way Home and it's like hang on the Tobey Maguire universe is actually a branched timeline that we just never knew about you know like. You know, 1989 Batman, that's actually part of a branch timeline of the DC Universe. We didn't know that 30 years ago when we watched it. So, yeah, they can, they can do Me- Meanwhile, Instagram's having a field day with Brie Larson being like, oh, I think I'm done with Captain Marvel. I'm I'm kind of over all the fan hate. And the fans are just like, cast Rogue, cast Rogue, put her in a coma, put her in a coma. <laughs> Well, the, um, the rumour today is that um, they've made a last-minute addition to the marvels which is out in a matter of like i don't know two weeks that they've they've put something in late i mean who knows when they actually did this it could have been months ago let's be honest i mean Mm. if the sag afro strike is still going on an actor's not going to shoot a cameo because they would get you know taken over the rails for it but oh um, yeah there was one tweet i saw of a you know a scooper saying i've just heard an actor who was brilliant in a role but wasted in a movie or perfect casting in a role but wasted in their movie is coming back for a film and it's like that is so vague on three or four different levels the general Mm. consensus is that not even him but everyone that's talking about it or the thing that's being talked about is that Kelsey Grammer will be back as Beast and appear at the end of the Marvels to bring in an X-Men connection Maddie's rolling his eyes again, Emma. We're just bringing it in. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just having. It was a deep. Sigh. I'm just having a Wasn't delightful. It? No, this is a, this is a moment of, I, that that's the best news I've ever heard okay. in my entire life. <laughs> okay. Like, good. I don't know how that makes sense. I don't my know how it my works, my but... love. Well, my love for Captain Marvel, is, like Carol Danvers, is that she was introduced to me through the X Men, mm. because she was her own superhero. The rogue that we saw in, like, the Anna Paquin rogue, mm. who just had the ability to absorb powers, is so different from the animated rogue, because in the animated series you see, rogue held on to Ms. Marvel, a.a. Carol Danvers, for too long, put her in a coma, and absorbed all her powers. And that's why the rogue in the comics and the cartoons can fly and has super strength. Mm. Those are Captain Marvel's powers. Mm. So Carol Danvers has a huge connection to the X-Men, yeah. In the Ms. Marvel show, they made the horrible decision of hinting the fact that um, Kamala Khan is a mutant, not an inhuman. No better hint, so, but... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be... Oh, that would be... I'm, I'm already hyped for the Captain... For, for like, for the Marvel's movie. Mm. So, yeah, that would that would put me over the top. Okay. If, if, if you're sitting next to me when we watch that... Any any leg grab Lincoln has ever given you will pale in comparison. I don't know, man. I feel like to what I do. I, I feel like No Way Home. We did that quite a bit. To you, you, you missed an experience that night, Emma. I think when uh, Daredevil first the his stick, his walking stick showed uh, up yes. on screen. We yep. like we abused each other, just like punching each other. I think in the I neck had squeals. I think yeah, it's probably. Yeah. I think you I think forgetting make, Mitchell. Emma makes a very wise Mitchell. decision to sit like a row in front or like at the end of a row away from us. It's like that's actually a safe distance. It's like it's like we're we're continuing. We're like COVID at every premiere we go to. It's like stay a safe <laughs> distance away, please. I think you're forgetting a very vital detail about that. I was sitting in between you and Lincoln during mm-hmm. that film, so you guys were hitting each other 
over me. But Lincoln had like, was, but Lincoln's never seen Daredevil. Like, like he was kind of doing it like, is this is this what we are we touching each other for this? And I'm like, you don't deserve to be touched over this. <laughs> you haven't done the homework. You haven't done the research. Wow. I'm still working on that battle uh, for him to, to yeah. watch that show. I mean, you know, we could talk about that. We'll might say that for another app. I mean, that that show's going through its own dramas because of um, Marvel yeah. restructuring their own television. They're throwing out everything they've done so far. They're going through a full fresh rewrite and uh, and starting over again. So that's um, again, yeah, yeah, again, they, again. I, well, they said they'd went. I mean, it's an eighteen episode show, and I've heard that they they filmed half the episodes. But I don't. I think it was closer to. Initially, I heard it was close to like six. So about a third of the episodes they had gotten through, and then over the strikes, you know, Feige and Co have sat down and watched it. And went, this is. Sh- yeah. Why does he not put a costume on until episode four? We're, we're starting this over again. The whole thing was, and the mm. short of it is that Marvel went, hmm, when we're looking at Secret Invasion, we're looking at all these other shows that people haven't really necessarily warmed up to. It's because we're, we're treating the television world like a film and it's just not working. So they're like, hey, let's fire the writers. Let's bring on new writers and let's bring on a showrunner to show run a show and wow. have a director just come in and be the directorial voice and have that the writers. so much. Gra- groundbreaking. Doesn't it? Just Doesn't it explain? I didn't realise um, so, so, so innovative. So yeah. innovative. Just the doors they've opened for for the industry. And I know I'm... Coming up with ideas like that. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you did miss Secret Invasion. I will dare say, Emma, if you ever got some time, watch the first four and go, okay, that's where it ends. I'll just make up my own head canon about how it actually ends. Then you <laughs> okay. watch five and you're like, why am I learning about what seems to be really key information about the motives about a bunch of characters this, that might change the direction of where this show is going? And then leave that and let that marinate as well and maybe come up with your own head canon. And then eventually watch episode six and go, what fucking show is this a finale to? Because this is not what this show has mm. been about. Um, what, watch it in between episodes of What If, because <laughs> it'll just feel like it a. Will. It's a live action What If. You're like, what? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Perfect summary. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like I've just signed you up to do something absolutely awful, and you gave the appropriate response. So um, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> we were we were all smiles and giggles and positive um, feedback on that show for the first couple of episodes, and then it took us a while to come in and talk about the finale because I think we were very um, both very butthurt over it. It was um, yeah, it was you know yeah hard to hard to pass. It was it was terrible. And now Maddie's still in a bit of a rut, going Loki, make me care, explain it to me, and make me care because at this stage I don't. So. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Maybe episode four. Maybe episode. Do you four. know? Do you know what I do care about? What? The rehabilitation of Owen Wilson, so that he pronounces the word temporal correctly. What's he say? Did you notice he's been saying temporal? Wait, so I need to get to the temporal loom, so the. I did. Oh, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> how else no do you bueno. expect Owen Wilson no bueno. to say temporal, man? Temporal. <laughs> oh wow, temporal. But then you go, is it uh, Kehi Kwan? How, how do you pronounce his name? Short rounds, like he's. As our, I think it's Key. 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 Yeah. He's yeah. honestly, he is Brilliant. so much fun in this show. Like from the <sighs> moment that he showed up and he's just like, he's absorbing the ridiculousness of it. I think he's happy to be laughed at, but also happy to be laughing at it himself as well. Um, but I'm just, I'm in love with like the innocence of that character. Like I think there was that moment in episode two and Hunter. He's a great big ball of sunshine. Yeah, he's Hunter still- and um, Casey go in to talk to him. OB? <laughs> oh, 
Nice to meet you. We're all gonna die. It's Asani's autograph book, and like he's just, I don't, like he's so much fun. And like you know, there's theories that it's like, oh, is he gonna be revealed to like have because he's been around? For, I'm like, no, 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 leave him as he is. I want him to be. Ex I don't need any more character development on him. Maybe reveal like a really sad backstory. I, I thought maybe we were going to see him in episode three. That you know maybe he was the only guy that was nice to a young um, Victor Timely in, in like the, the at the fair or some shit, and so he got brought on because he was whatever, and he's since has been like mind wiped along the way, and but he knows how to fix everything. Well, or he something, did. But he did write the TVA guidebook. Yeah. The thing that they're doubling down on here. Yeah. The whole thing that started the whole thing is like. The way for he who remains to come back is for Ravonna to deliver mm. that handbook yeah. to him to give him the information he needs. So, yeah, there could be something. He, yeah, he he doesn't belong in this show. He's just, he's fantastic. He's I could just watch twenty scenes mm. of him just doing that. Like him, I could watch an hour of him just like puttering around his thing, fixing stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Fantastic. I only brought him up because of this quote: a temporal aura extractor. Just like saying those words i had to rewind it so many times and go back on it what is he actually saying because i'm lost in how excited he is and whether or not he's the show is actually cr making up words like his accent was sort of throwing me off but the, the the line about the logic you know when he's talking about like how he loki's in the future but explaining something to him in the past and then that's how he was remembering it right at the time he's like there's no flaw in that logic yeah giving all the exposition to someone with an accent is is a move yeah like it was it wasn't until my second watch when i turned the subtitle on, I realised that it was a temporal loom, mm. not a temporal loop. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, we're doubling down on this whole sewing analogy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like, I guess, in a show, if you want a doctor, you put someone in a white lab coat and give them a British accent, and it's like, oh, I instantly believe everything you're saying. Whereas now mm. with, uh, with Short Round, I'm like, yeah, I believe everything you're saying because... Of the overalls that you, you know, the, the old school thing that you're wearing and you're running around with a high-pitched voice and saying things 100 mile an hour and you seem to know what you're talking about. So I'm just going to believe everything you say at this point. So, yeah. No, he's a, yeah, no, he's he's a great addition. That scene with, with Loki in the past and the discovery of, like, realizing he knew things. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that was incredible writing. I know. That's what I thought. I'm like, where, where does the writing... And where does the directing and where does the editing come in? Like at what point, like which part of those three phases of, of crafting a scene is most responsible for that back and forth between the past and the present or the past and the future, depending on how you look at it. Because it was just so, I just, that five minutes alone or two minutes, it, it seemed like it went on for a while. It was probably just a snap. I'm like, that would have been just the great trailer for this show, I think. It would yeah. have been like, this is the kind of fun you're going to have, but it's also very weird and sci-fi-y, timey-wimey sort of stuff. But it was just, yeah, it was so well done. Well, and this, the skill it would have taken to shoot that as well, mm. because there's no way they're shooting those scenes yeah. chronologically, like, in order. It's like they would have done the setup for the, you know, current time bit, filmed all that, and then would have done the other, or vice versa. So it's just like, how, as an actor... Do you like keep track of that and also balance that so well when you haven't actually filmed those other scenes yeah. yet, so you don't actually know how they're going to turn out mm. while you're doing? And it all it just works so seamlessly. Yeah, the score yeah, too. Like, fun. just I mean, touching on a bunch of I think the music in this show is. 
I love the main the main score, and I think they use that really well within the show, and especially that first episode where they're sort of you know resetting the boundaries and resetting um, you know the, the the status quo. They're, they're they're building up the tension, and I'm just like, yeah, this is it. It all it all fit, but then also those bits where it's like, hey, we're going to introduce a new character, and we're going to do something we've never quite done before, and it's all got to fit in 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 the uh, the pacing of of this first episode. So I mean, that's that's the pick for me so far. Number one of the three we've seen. Number one is far and away um, the best, which is kind of a cheating answer because it's very much uh, epilogue to season one. Mm. So it's it's a merge of both seasons. So it's got twice as much chance of being any good. But other than again, maybe I would I would say episode three has been my favorite. So yeah, far. okay, yeah. I mean, and that yeah. probably because it's it's the most different from episode one too. So like, yeah, that's that's actually really cool. If I want to get petty, the whole uh, torture of uh, Brad in the cell. Hey. Yeah. Sorry, Emma em- and I were just looking at each other when you're like, if I want to be petty, and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, why, why did you sell lock from the inside? Does it? Oh, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Because mm. Mobius walks out to go and get the remote, and Loki locks it from the inside to then torture him. Got no answer for you. And then... Brad, who who works in the TVA, is the only one who knows what that machine's going to do because they didn't explain it to us mm. until it was actually happening. But before that, he like walks halfway to the door and he's like, Mobius, get in here! Because Mobius is pretending he's locked out on the outside when Brad could have just walked over and, and opened the door. Yeah. I got nothing for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I, think, uh, I think I was more trying to figure out along the way and i'm like is this as obvious as what it is that oh this is this is the setup is this the is this the plan Mm. or are we getting loki to you know i i don't want loki to be an all-out hero like he has you know become in this show I, i still want him to be on the edge a little bit so i was very happy for that scene to be legitimate that that uh, Mobius had been locked out and that Loki was threatening this guy with with crushing him or whatever it was else that, that machine was going to do. Um, so I was kind of like, I was more thinking about that mm. rather than just the, the, the very lo- like logistics of a cell that locks from the inside. Um, yeah. Yeah. Torturing a guy who works there. Mm. And then yeah, it was weird in the, in the going back to that key, li- key lime pie scene where Owen Wilson's he's just like, he's like, you're the action guy. I just kind of sit back. And I'm like, when has Loki ever been the action guy? <laughs> That's what he makes fun of Thor for being. Yeah. When did Loki become Thor? I don't know. Maybe yeah. since he's like, it's weird. Cause like Owen Wilson wears the same thing. Every episode doesn't bother me. You know, uh, Hunter, same, same thing. Every episode doesn't bother me. Like Casey, everyone wears the exact same costume, but something about Loki continually wearing like a business shirt and a tie or that kick ass, coat that he gets around him with the popped up collars and i'm like why are you always dressed like that you're loki you don't you don't you don't look like that with your with your sleeves folded up halfway up your forearms like but also yeah. if i look like tom hiddleston and i look like that wearing that coat i would i i'm not joking i would never fucking take that off because he looks <laughs> so good <laughs> um He's so when his uh, businessman office era yeah yeah, exactly. I miss the cape. Sure I want tight. a cape. Yeah, like even Sylvie, when like she really had to down, she's and just like put herself back into her um her Sylvie attire, and I'm like, what, Loki? Put your yeah, put your thing on. Which 
By the way, I went back when I watched season one, and when they finally get back together in like the void place, and they're like sitting in the field talking to each other, and they put the blanket around each other, she's he, he's like, I'm cold. She's like, Do you have any idea how uncomfortable this is? Bitch, you're a god. You made that outfit and are choosing to wear it. <laughs> Yet complaining that it's uncomfortable. <sighs> are you Man. saying because the woman wore what she wore that it was her fault, Matthew? Is that wow? Is that wow. where? Wow. wow. Hey, wow. I believe her that it was uncomfortable. I believe women. And if she says it's uncomfortable, I believe it. If she cho- She's the one that chose not to put pockets in it. And from what I understand, that's all women want in their clothes is pockets. <laughs> Genuinely, all women want is just goddamn pockets. <laughs> oh, that'll uh, that'll do us for episodes one, two, and three of Loki. We are halfway through. Uh, we're apparently one episode away from something groundbreaking happening. Is it Maddie getting invested in the show? I mean, I guess we're going to find out in the next twenty four hours. His fingers crossed. His fingers are crossed. Uh, so uh, yeah, at some stage we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it. And if Maddie gets invested, then 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 great. Otherwise, Emma, you and I, we're just here to to, to bring some positive vibes uh, onto this thing as as we look towards the Marvels, which this show will actually wrap up the same week the Marvels comes out. So it's going to be a uh, a big one in about uh, two weeks. Well, so e- even if it sucks, at least I'll still have a good week. That exactly, week. yeah. There will be some positivity to our podcast because yeah. we will read oh, no, uh, the Marvels. It'll come out before, won't it? Because it's yeah. like we're going to see the Marvels on like what the Tuesday or the Wednesday, yep. and then Loki will be on the Friday. Yep. I won't care if the final episode of Loki sucks at that point. Yeah, because you can just go back to the cinemas the next day and see the Marvels again. I'll I'll be riding on the high because even if the Marvel sucks, I'm going to love it and defend it. So <laughs> it just looks it looks too good. It just the tra- I mean, uh, you know, the Logan trailer set me up for failure. And lied to me, but the Marvels trailer looks looks schmick. I'm very happy. So I was just getting a really clean soundbite there that I can bring into our podcast in two weeks when we see the film. Um, just, in, I mean, just in case you feel differently. I hope you don't. I'm, I'm so stubborn. I will find ways to defend that film, even, even if it's terrible. Yeah. I will find <laughs> ways to defend it. I'll be like that that cost. That's the best Captain Marvel costume we've seen. So. Yeah. I mean, one of the eight she wears in the trailer. Mm. So well, you know, maybe she's just searching for some pockets, man. Costume. Maybe. maybe the whole <laughs> film is just about them trying to find pockets. And <laughs> Get into geek.